some of the best people coming up in the game want to be here. They don't want to be. You want to be in Latvia or you want to be in London? You want to be in Bratislava or you want to be in Birmingham? I mean, you know, culturally, everything in the U.K. is hot. But they have a basketball problem, and I think it stems from the people that have been shepherding this sport. Turn up, turn up, logo on the hoodie. Got them doing burpees like how could he? Make me sweat till I'm wet, ooh, that's saucy. We do it cause it's fun, not cause we're sporty. Got that turn up, turn up logo on the hoodie. Got them doing burpees like how could he? Make me sweat till I'm wet, ooh, that's saucy. We do it cause it's fun, not cause we're sporty. We're parking. Hi guys, welcome to the Turn Up Tone Up show. I'm Born Barracorda, founder of Our Parks. Today we're talking about British basketball. We've got the fantastic Ron Scott from the BBA. We've got Zach Hancock from Tough Mudder. We've got our very own Curtis Riley, the marketing manager over at Our Parks. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Let's just jump straight in. Someone kick it off. Let's go, man. Yeah, I mean, I could chime in right now. I mean, if you guys don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I'm at, I'm, I'm at the forefront of what I think is a revolution that's going on, not only in global basketball, but kind of using Britain as the next great destination for emerging basketball talent on the globe. So I, I could chime in right now, um, myself, my partners, uh, which have vast NBA and European basketball experience, have identified Great Britain as the next destination where everybody will want to be. And basketball is enormously popular globally. It's the second most popular sport globally. But when you look at the UK, it's just, it's the second most popular sport amongst 11 and 15 year olds. Okay, it's one of the most popular sports in urban communities throughout this country in the UK. Okay? And you know, it, it it really builds itself to an interesting thing of what is British basketball and where does. British basketball fit in the global basketball ecosystem. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you're sitting around thinking that Britain is going to be the best in Europe, you're sorely mistaken. It's just not going to happen. It's not in your DNA. It's not in the legacy. But Britain can be a platform for the best in Europe at the same time stimulating growth and participation amongst young British people who are great athletes who are great in entertainment it's you know basketball is a lot more than just bouncing the ball guys it's 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 sportainment and there's no better place in europe especially post-brexit yeah to to have you know some of the best people coming up in the game want to be here they don't want to be you want to be in latvia or you want to be in london you want to be in bratislava you want to be in birmingham i mean you know culturally everything in the uk is hot but they have a basketball problem, and I think it stems from the people that have been shepherding this sport. And I think they've been shepherding this sport on this Britain can be the best thing. And let me tell you something. Israel has great basketball. Yeah. We'll never win a medal in basketball. Germany has great basketball. We'll never win a medal in basketball. Australia has 12 Australians in the NBA. But Australia would never win a medal in basketball. So the myth of thinking you got to be the best by winning a medal, by which, by which UK sport funds sports, 
you know, canoeing gets more money than basketball. Really? Canoeing. So I, I think, you know, for us, we've always been on the forefront and we've always been aggressive in trying to promote the greatness that this country in the UK has. It just takes some different thinking. It takes some different expectations and it actually takes vision. And I think all three of those are sorely lacking in the existing basketball infrastructure in the UK. And it's time for that to change. So that's my piece. And then, so Curtis, I'm going to bring you in on this one then, because you're almost the culture of British basketball. You grew up playing basketball more than we play football. And I really like Ron's point around, you don't have to win medals to have the best basketball league. And I think we do that quite well in football. We, we haven't won a World Cup since 1966, but we still, I think we still have the best football league in the world. So where does it stand with you in terms of how basketball was a culture when you were growing up and then how you see it now? Well, so obviously, as you said, I, I grew up um, playing basketball. So from the age of around 11 years old, um, I started off playing, obviously, with just local friends, went to the park. Um, playing a bit of street ball, um, obviously seeing loads of stuff on TV, from the NBA to the BBL, um, obviously watching those guys play, um, obviously really inspired me. Um, so obviously as I got older, um, I really, really got into basketball. And it's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in the NBA. Um, unfortunately, I didn't make it. <laughs> but um, it, it was one of my goal, one of my goals. Um, so as I was growing, obviously we had the National League um, and it was – in the National League, it was one of those things where it wasn't necessarily just about playing basketball. It was about the, the camaraderie and obviously being with your friends, hanging out, you know, kind of staying out of trouble. Um, just kind of being part of, I guess, a family, as it were. Um, and obviously going somewhere each week or each every other day um, just to kind of hone your skills and learn something new. And, you know, just, just as I said, just grow as a, as a team. Um a really interesting point for me is obviously now when I when I was younger, um, when I was obviously growing up from uh, around 14 to 15, there's been a real shift in terms of kind of what's happened in terms of culture. Um, so obviously as I was growing up, you find that a lot of the the guys that I played with, obviously they're all getting sent out to America, obviously for obviously basketball because obviously they want to turn it into a career. So they all left England because they thought that was the best option for them. Because obviously nobody wanted to be here because they thought they'll make they'll never make any money. Wow. Um, what, what I find now, obviously, which is great, um, a lot of English players are coming back, especially in this last year, the last couple of years, a lot of English players are coming back and are starting to play in the BBL, which is really exciting. And it's going to be exciting times because you've got all these exciting players that obviously have experience. They've been to uh, American Division One colleges. You know, they played in big leagues. They played against. You know, all these great players, um, and now they're coming back with this experience and bring bring that kind of mentality to English uh, British basketball league, which is which is amazing. So it's great for me to see all this English talent coming back here, and I look forward to kind of seeing what will happen in the next couple of years. Because if that keeps happening, obviously it's great for the younger younger kids that are playing now, because obviously they will see this and be inspired like I was when I was younger. So I'm really looking forward to the next couple of years. I'm, you know, I'm from New York, so I've been here for three years now. So I'm always open to jumping in on the debate. And I appreciate the comments about British players 
having to go elsewhere. And if you dissect that for a moment, the fact that British players are the best talent in Britain have to go elsewhere is yeah. a real interesting bit because they wouldn't have to go elsewhere if there was proper development of British players up until 18 years old. So the fact that you go and play in America for Division One, and mind you, you're not playing in the top Division One, and there's not that many British players that play in the top Division One. So the ones that do come back here, in my mind, are not fully developed, and they can't get a job anywhere else. So the BBL, I'm not going to like have you know, too much negative things to say about it, but the BBL will welcome you in open arms. But when you look at the standard of basketball in this country, without taking into consideration that development, coaching, refereeing, this is all a responsibility of Great Britain. No one's going to do it for Great Britain. So what you end up having is a bunch of half-baked guys going around the world saying they play with Americans and they come back to America, to England, and play in the BBL, and now they're a superstar. The reality is, and this is just my opinion, by spending 10 years and you know having great NBA people and great basketball people around me, is that nobody wants to admit that the coaching, the refereeing, the development of the future talent of England is that bad. Why does the women team, the women's team is more successful than the men in international competition, but you don't hear about that. So I think that, you know, for me being the outsider, if I may, <laughs> it's, it's a culture in basketball here where no one really wants to go to the forefront and admit that the basketball is bad. The level of talent is bad. That's why they have to go to America to try to get somewhere. One of your beacons of hope, Jimmy Rogers, just died about a month ago. He was the guy that brought and produced Lou Aldang. Yeah. But, you know, what you guys should not miss is that this country has athletic talent, and that's black, that's white, that, that goes the gamut. And it's wasted because the people that oversee the game aren't from the game. So how are you going to tell me that someone from soccer or someone from cricket or someone that's a pentathlon person got the best interests of basketball at heart? When you have people here, you have British people, British guys here that played in the NBA, they get no love. They get no, you know, no, no notoriety. You know, Steve Bucknell played the Los Angeles Lakers. John Amici, come on. I mean... Where are those guys? Kevin Cato just died last year. So I imagine me being the outside cynic. I'm, I'm telling you that there's a lot of talent here. Yeah. It's going to waste, and it ain't, they ain't that good. But I do think there's a treasure trove of promise in the negotiations and the talks that I have with brands, with partners. Everyone knows that Britain can be the center of European basketball. I don't think that Britain understands their role in the the ecosystem here. You don't have to be, you know, the best. You're not going to beat Spain, so you don't have to be Spain. But you can be a conduit where some of the best kids coming out of these communities, disadvantaged communities, probably people of color as well, they get harnessed and they get trained. They're already athletic. So um, I don't want to go on and on about it, but I, I would definitely tell you guys that, that there's a lot of people that I know in the basketball world are looking at England right now. Are you looking at the UK right now as a potential 
platform for the next level of, of talent globally. And, you know, the guys here at the BBL are sleeping at the switch because they want to compete in Europe. The international team, you know, is great people on the international team, the, the English basketball team, but they're all old and they don't win. And you're not going to inspire your next generation, 14, 15, 16-year-old kids, to look at a bunch of guys that's 35 years old, they ain't won a game in two years, and they want to be inspired to take the sport forward. It needs radical change. It needs vision. And I think the reason that we're on this call today is to try to kind of harness that thinking so we can have a result, so we could all be proud of what that next generation is. I'm 54 years old, so I'm out of the game. And, Bomini, you know, you're up there too. You're not playing any basketball. <laughs> but, but. But that said, guys, I mean, we have a real opportunity here to position Britain as the destination for the world's top international basketball talent at the same time of developing that next level, that next generation of talent and British youth in the game of basketball. And I think that's where we are. So I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys. So then I'm going to bring Zach in on this one because you've been injected into the British culture and I know that you've played basketball throughout your childhood where, where do you see where you came from down under to here can you see any any um connection between what you grew up doing to what we are doing in britain with basketball yeah well i think um as you mentioned before i, I came over four years ago from australia played basketball all through high school uh, after after high school, so lots of social teams, club games, that type of thing, came over here and just could not find basketball anywhere. Pick up games on the weekend, wanting to, to play with people at work, wanting to see if there was any local clubs. It was just very difficult to do. And then the standard of like the social leagues and things like that, it was just really expensive and was, was uh, you know, there was hardly any referees. Some nights referees didn't show up, those type of things. So it took me probably 18 months to find a regular like pickup game run on a Sunday morning wow. and every person there was, well, there was no Brits there at all. There was the Greek, French, uh, Germans and Australians. And we were, that we were all playing in a, a, just a school hall that we kind of rented out in advance. And that's kind of the basketball that I've, I've found. And it's just, it's just in Australia, I think it was mentioned earlier, you know, like there's, Lots of like lots of NBA talent. We have like really good kind of school um, system that plays a lot of basketball. Lots of good state leagues as you grow up in younger. Lots of tournaments and then um, quite a good development like state league that then people go into um, into the college system in the US and go from there. So um, I think it's St Mary's in California. I think it is has like had a bunch of Australians run through there. Um, and like lots of guys in the in the NBA now, but it's just completely different when I came over here. It was just like impossible to find. And then you finally find like a court somewhere, and then people playing football on it, or there's no nets on the hoops and things like that. So it's just very different. Wow. And then it's 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 weird to say because when it comes down, because we we play football together as well, so I know you can make that comparison between what you just said, and to find in a football league to play and the standard is ridiculously high in terms of everyone plays. So is it, and anyone can jump in on this one as well, is it the fact that we are not taking basketball seriously in Britain? It's more of a recreational sport than a professional sport 
at this point in time? So I'm going to jump in here. Um, so I, I think it is kind of taught, um, especially from school. So when you look at primary school and secondary school, it's mainly taught as a recreational sport. Um, so if you look at most, I guess, when you used to do PE in school, you, you might play basketball for maybe a week or two weeks, but then you play football all year round. Um, so people, I guess, when they're in school, especially when I was in school, um, the people don't really have the, the time or the, or the chance to kind of really get into basketball because by the time you start to get into it, you move on to the next thing. So you might be playing hockey or, or as I said, football or, or something else. So I think it start, obviously starts from an early age. When you look at obviously other countries, so you look at America, you look at Europe, they teach basketball basically throughout. So they teach you everything from drills, fundamentals, like from passing to obviously shooting to, to doing a, a basic layup when you're in school. And they do that all year round. But when you do that, when you come over here and you go from primary school, they're not really teaching you that. They're just teaching you silly games and, you know, like fun things to do with the ball. But it's not, I don't think it's really, it's never really been taken seriously, uh, as, as Ron said over here, especially from a young age. It only starts to become serious when you obviously start to reach like National League. And that's when you're like anything from like 11 to 13. So I think if we really do want to push basketball forward um, and obviously make it grow as big as we possibly can from primary school and secondary, we need to basically implement things where basically you teach, you teach kids the fundamentals and you get them kind of excited about it. And it needs to be done over a series of time. It can't just be for two weeks because no kid's going to develop anything or develop any kind of interest in those two weeks. You're going to get a very fair few, but not enough to try to change, change the momentum. Yeah, let me let me jump in here. And this is where, you know, I grew up on the south side of Chicago and in the 80s. And, you know, Chicago is a great basketball city. It produced a lot of great basketball players. And basketball is always a pathway out of the ghetto, okay? It's a pathway out of getting shot on the, on the, on the school court. It's kind of like you're getting stabbed up in front of the chicken shop here in, in England. And I would say that the talent is here. The will may not be because if Britain is spending all of this money on canoeing and pentathlon and cycling, they just got to decide that they care about basketball and they care about urban communities. I mean, and you got to put some money behind it. And you were just, you were very, very right. You know, the development process of basketball starts at 10 or 11 years old. By the time you're 14, you got skills, but the real growth becomes 14 to 18. And you have, you know, the national team here scraping around for 100,000 pounds just to, to get it going, to keep going. So Britain needs to take a step back and say, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. We're going to get third-party advisors. Maybe we're going to bring Nike involved, maybe IMG, maybe some of the big training academies around the globe and put a number to it. You're not going to build a successful national basketball program when you've got to come out like a crackhead looking for a hundred grand every two weeks, it's not going to happen. And I think, you know, at least with Serbia, Montenegro, some of these third world countries, they have bigger budgets for basketball than England and England or the UK. And the UK is the second biggest economy in all of Europe. So it becomes, you know, what do you guys want to do? You know, are you going to take it seriously? Are you going to placate everybody? Are you going to BS everybody? The fact of the matter is Britain can be a very, very competitive uh, landscape in British basketball 
if there was a commitment for funds over a five to 10-year period to do it. Other than that, you're wasting people's time. You're trying to placate people. It seems nice. And the fact that you have no basketball people at the top is even more striking. Where are the NBA people that you can get? Where are the EuroLeague people you can get? For the chairman of Basketball England to sit across a room from me and tell me she was in pentathlon and never really went to a basketball game before is troubling. For the chairman of the British Basketball Federation to sit across me in my office and tell me, oh, never, I always thought it was kind of nice sport. I was at Manchester United, da, 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 and you're 80. Give me a break. It's time that somebody has to say something. Because other than that, you're just going to get, uh, excuse my language, guys, this is a New York term, it's a circle jerk. Nobody wants to spe- uh, take responsibility, but they're going to always blame the next guy. And they're, and they're doing this over the lives of minority black children that love the game. So it's kind of a plantation type of thing to me. Yeah. I think it's bizarre. I think that if Britain made their mind up to be great at something, they will. But you guys, or not, well, Britain, excuse me, guys. Britain has made the, deter- the, the decision that canoeing deserves more money than basketball. That badminton and all these other things, is cycling, deserves more money than basketball that affects a lot more people, especially people of color. So this is a, this is kind of a rise up, you know, um, you know, rise up and be recognized moment. And if Britain really wanted to do something about the basketball problem, the UK sport would do it. Um, and I think Sport England would do it. The fact that they're placating it and they'll only nudge and they only move unless they're like pressured is troubling. So I think it's going to be um, private capital, outside money uh, that will that will realize the promise of British basketball. And then at that point, maybe government will come around and say, hey, you guys are right. You got somebody else spending the money, and you know, maybe we'll do something. So this is an endemic problem that needs to be sorted, yeah. and uh, it won't change until there's some radical, some radical moves. And do, and do you see the radical moves being so – we're talking about culture, aren't we? So it's a culture shift because everything you said, I see – when you say running, say I see it's a – there's the music, there's the culture, there's the MCs using football in the lyrics, they're using um, the brands that endorse the actual sports. But from a UK culture, whether it's grime, whether it's drill, whatever it is, I never ever hear anyone talking about basketball. And I think kind of, I think we've lost basketball so much that we're not even thinking about it as part of British culture. Okay, okay, you know what, let me, let me change that. Okay, let me give you another example. About 15, 20 years ago, it was the same situation with soccer, football, in America. So I was sitting in America, and we were like, oh, soccer, really? Ain't nobody in the hood playing no soccer, really? Still ain't got a LeBron James of soccer. But there was a guy named Ivan Gazadis who was just at Arsenal, who was the first commissioner of MLS. And when I sat down with him, and I said, and I had a call with Alan Rothenberg, who started MLS and got soccer going in America. The theme was, at some point in time, soccer, football, will be a permanent fixture in the American sports landscape. We don't know how long it's going to take. We don't know what type of soccer. But we do know that long enough, giving a demographic change, soccer will be a hit. 
And where you are, guys are right now is the same way. At some point in time, given a, a demographic shift, basketball will be cool again. I would have never thought in a million years I walked down Regent Street and I see NFL all over Regent and Oxford, and I look at the research that came out two weeks ago that the average NFL fan is between 15 and 24. So, and that's American football. So I wouldn't look at what is now. I don't look at my life as what is now. I look at life as what can be. And if you do look at life as what can be, and you do know the influences of grime and film and fashion, I mean, come on, one of the best directors in all of film is Steve McQueen, a black guy from England, okay? He's sitting down at the Oscar table, okay? Some of the best music artists are coming out of England. There's nothing coming out of Europe as hot as is coming out of the U.K., grime, drill, whatever. U.K. is cool. So I believe, and that's why I put my life and my money down, is that I think you'll be able to harness all of that, and that demographic, for us, we're operating in the summer. So for that bit, I'm competing against cricket. And I can definitely tell you, and I'm kind of biased, that <laughs> cricket ain't going to be cool. Basketball is cool. It's got the swagger. The U.K. got the music. The U.K. got the fashion. The U.K. UK got the stilo. And that is what's going to make basketball great here. And then Zach. Can I just, can I just jump in? I'm just, yeah. I guess I'm a little confused with the conversation around fandom and like fans be building a fan base around basketball and like actually grassroots participants because you know I think the NFL has done a huge job at generating fans and interest and selling tickets to games and jerseys yeah. and all those type of things but is the grassroots of people playing American football in the UK growing tangibly enough in relation to you know getting basketball no, being not. played by youngsters it's not. In the UK. It's not. So, football is not about getting British people to play football. Foot, American football is about British people going for a day out in entertainment. It's about yeah, so I'm just wondering how that, how we can make that translate to Vaughn's original question of, you know, get is, why isn't basketball something kids are doing? Why isn't an activity? Why? How can we get, you know, Because you know it's, it's not cool yet. It's, 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 it's an anomaly. But until people are looking at people's basketball gear, until people are sitting courtside with celebrities, until there's a reason that to, to, to come out, they won't come out. So what type of basketball in this country that will stimulate participation? I don't know. I think the NBA – no, let me back up. One of my guys is George Raveling over at Nike. He just told me about two weeks ago, three-on-three basketball is going to be the tool – to engage new audiences to take up basketball. Nike's committing $200 million for the development and awareness of three-on-three, which can be played by everybody. So I think it's until there's a reason to come out, there's no reason to come out. But it has to be engaging, and the event has to be, you know, got to have some swagger. It has to have a reason. There is no reason for someone to come out and watch basketball in England right now because it's just basketball. But if it's Family-friendly, affordable, live, indoor sports entertainment that's enjoyed by diverse audiences. Then you got to hit. And that's kind of where we got to get to. And then putting my, my hat on, I'm trying to link it back to what we do. Where do we see 
community basketball playing a role. So if if tomorrow we had some of that Nike money to put on programs across the UK, where do you see us putting in a thing on a Saturday morning that could help grow the grassroots of basketball in the UK? Interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't want to jump in, guys. But if you guys have, I mean, I have my my ideas. But you know, I'm going to jump in anyway. I think it's partners. I think it's sympathetic people to the cause that you can get that have something to gain by Britain being being a great basketball destination. Whether it's Steph Curry and Under Armour in East London about a month ago, whether it's Nike trying to push this, whether it's Adidas. They're 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 on the front line, but it's it's places like IMG or some of the big agencies or some of the entertainment agencies. You know, there's a lot of people that can benefit by basketball taking off in this country, and for that they got to pay. Okay, they have to invest, and I think that uh, youth brands, whether it's Red Bull or Pepsi or Uber or Netflix, they're all targeting. You know, the 15 to 35, the next generation of sports fans. And I think it's just as easy of telling or, or being honest with each other, guys, that basketball needs a reboot. It needs a clearing out of two to three years. It needs some help. It needs supporters. It needs a grandfather and an auntie. But more importantly, it needs, you know, everybody to row this boat. And, you know, it ain't happening. It's just too many people not involved in the game and the greater good of the game. You know, this whole thing about competing in Europe with the BBL, really? You haven't won a game in Europe. There's no competing in Europe. You're never going to win anything in Europe. Give it up. Is Britain better served by trying to compete in a competition they can't win that becomes meaningless every year? Or is Britain better served of investing in the grassroots level in communities around this country and inspiring the next generation of basketball talent that may eventually make it to the NBA or the top leagues in the world. That's your shot. But this whole thing about competing in Europe, you're delusional. Not going to happen. Zach? I think it just comes down to accessibility. If you want kids to play more basketball it needs to be more available like it's just there's just you know waiting lists in london to get on any sort of football club any sort of football league five aside seven aside you can't get in yeah yeah Yeah. so so i think there's a different conversation between like you can be a massive fan of the nba and still never want to play it because it's not available but yeah so i think it needs to be made more accessible like through more clubs through maybe it's more like affiliations with football clubs having basketball affiliations some way school more more in the school program i think football just dominates to such an extent that like moving here i knew england was a football country but it is like just dominant compared to anything else yeah so until you start i agree with you i think yeah i think it's huge it's 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 so over overbearing that football dominance is there and rugby, but I will also tell you that um, consumer brands that want a young demographic, especially consumer brands that are involved in entertainment, you know, your your IMGs and your Nikes of the world have a vested interest in making sure that more people play basketball. 
period. And they have the money to make it happen. And football clubs, I've talked to football clubs, and they think it's a cute thing, but I, I think internally in my own mind, guys, I think that football would be deathly afraid of an emergence of basketball amongst the young demographic. Because they're not going to promote that. They're trying to promote more football. There's women's football. There's under 18. They're footballed up. They're not. You can't expect that football owners, unless they're American owners of football teams, which there are a lot, but you can't expect the FA or the Premier League to embrace basketball, which can be their competition. The best you can do is get outside influences to fund the sport. And if there's an emergence of basketball down the road, then maybe the football clubs can buy the teams like they do in Europe. Maybe it's that, but you're not going to get. I've had these conversations. I think they're definitely afraid, uh, especially some urban culture thing too. Really, I think it just doesn't doesn't add up. It'll be more charity than anything. Like Birmingham, when they um, when Everton had a basketball team, it was more of a community thing to you know placate black people up in Birmingham, but it wasn't like to win or do anything. I think basketball can stand on its own in this country. I just think it's a leadership issue, and I think it's just that simple. I think it's a monetization issue, which I think people like Nike and, and Adidas and, and, and Under Armour can recognize. And I think it's some change. And I think that it's from the uh, – to your point uh, about grassroots, I think it's really the powers that be in England need to take a look in the mirror and say, we're going to do this. We're going to make basketball happen. And if they did that, then everybody else is going to join. They haven't done that. So we need to get them there. Case. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with both Zach and, and Ron. Uh, it definitely comes from a grassroots. It always starts from grassroots. Um, but we need to, I guess we need to look at the imagery as we're, what we're portraying. So when we look at grassroots, we need to see what they're, what they're seeing. So if it is the British Basketball League they, that they are watching, they need to have players that are fun, they're exciting, you know, that they, they want to be like. You know, it's the same when when you look at football or the NFL or the NBA, even like you, you know, you see Steph Curry, you're going to be like Steph Curry. England needs players like that. And if we don't have players like that, then it's never going to grow. You know, you need to, you need to have that whole culture shift in the country. And you only get that by having great players that are British born and obviously are, are from the UK. You're never going to get that unless you start that from, from grassroots. Yeah, let me ask you guys. There's two British people that are playing in the NBA. Do you know who they are? Well, right now. Right now. Uh, yes, I can't remember his name. I know he plays for Boston Celtics, and I think the other plays for Raptors. That's one for Raptors, right? You got one for Raptors, and you got one for uh, Minnesota. So you got Lou Aldang and Timberwolves, and you got Aga yeah. from, um from, from Toronto, which is interesting because Nick Nurse – used to coach here. He's the head coach of Toronto. So there's some there's some there's some stuff there. And you got Possum and Zabanzu who's running um uh Washington Go Go, D C Go Go in the G League. So there are enough people that can start to build this. And did you know I have video on film and we're partners with Simon Cowell's joint and we have film of Lewis Hamilton rocking three point shots in basketball. Anthony Joshua rocking three points in basketball. Paul Pogba from Man U rocking three points in basketball. David Beckham sitting courtside at the Lakers. There, James Corden at the Lakers. You know, I mean, there's there is a groundswell of people that can get behind the effort, but it, it has to be an effort. 
I think and that's same. kind of what it is. It's no, it, it needs some, it needs a kick in the ass. So for me, you know, there's two stories about Ron Scott. Okay, and I could be in full disclosure with you guys. The first story is Ron Scott's been running around for over a decade talking about what he's going to do in basketball and England ain't done anything. That's the first school. Second school of thought is Ron Scott's been running around for over a decade, and he probably has some of the most interesting, capable people with reputation that's behind him. And I moved here. So, you know, the, the status quo, I want to keep you to believe that you can win European championships. The future of basketball is develop at the grassroots and get kids 14, 15 years old that make it through the system and become stars down the road in their own right. And then maybe the NBA or some other place. But the, the Britain is not going to be the final destination for the promise and the talent that this country has. It'll be yeah, good. No, definitely. I, I totally agree. On, so on that point, I think the other thing is a lot of these kids, obviously, that are playing basketball now, like they're in college or, or, or sixth form, and they play for great academies, obviously, such as Spark and Abbey and, and others, um, like Breading. Um, if you give them an incentive to stay in a country, obviously, and hone their skills and enter the British Basketball League, then you have those rising stars that will have these kids at a grassroots level looking up to them and feeling like, wow, he's an amazing player. I want to be like him. And that's when it starts, and that's when they want to start playing. So if you can give them an incentive to stay, whether it's through uh, private funding or whatever it may be, you need that because those are that's how you're going to build on those superstars and that's how you're going to grow the sport in this Absolutely country. agreed. Absolutely agreed. Every kid wants to be a star. Every kid wants to be a hero in this game. And I think it's, it's, it's just shocking that if you – and John Amici will tell you this story very well that, you know, you get good here and then you have to leave. I mean, yeah. some of these kids aren't really developed. They're sitting in America on the bench, bro. They're good, but if they needed they needed just two or three years more in development, but they're sitting in the bench. And, you know, rather than getting minutes, which they really want, minutes of playing, they can get that in England. They don't have to go to America to sit on the bench. So it's – and I well, let me back up and digress. It takes basketball people that know the game to understand that, it doesn't take cricket or football or pentathlon people. They're not going to get it. They're just going to say, oh, it's great. We got some black kids playing basketball, inner city communities, blah, 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 blah. And you, you, you're back in your circle, jerk. So I, I, I agree with what you said. It, it, it starts grassroots, but it starts with leadership. And the leadership is going to come from the brands. It's not going to come from the House of Parliament or House of Lords, where I've been four times last year. It's going to come from something different. And I think once that happens, then you have change. But uh, you guys, yeah, I mean, Bob knows me for, for, for a while. And the, the people who know my team or whatever, I, you know, we, we ain't playing. I think we, we got the right insight. We got the right vision. We got the right momentum now. And, you know, I think we have an idea that makes the most sense. We got to be, we keep it real. Everyone else, circle jerk. <laughs> well, that's been an amazing discussion um i want to thank you all for coming on the turn up turn up show for for me it's if we're going to do community basketball we're going to have to make it a culture shift if we're going to change the way basketball is delivered in the uk we're going to have to do it from the grassroots up and we're going to have to make mm -hmm. it exciting fun and accessible um this has been the turn up turn up show i've been born i have zach i've had ron i've had curtis on the on on the show today ngbs if you're listening 
take note and in 2019 you will see more stuff coming from all parties turn up turn up and get a part body and i hope to see you all guys soon turn up turn up logo on the hoodie got them doing burpees like how could he make me sweat till i'm wet oh that's saucy we do it cause it's fun not cause we're sporty got that turn up turn up logo on the hoodie got them doing burpees like how could he make me sweat till i'm wet oh that's saucy we do it cause it's fun not cause we're sporty we're parking Ooh, we got more buggers than an NCP. Put turn up, turn up on the MAP. And we made it cool thanks to the AC. They don't get it, do they? That's fans. You were trying to build tech, we were trying to build a brand. Remember when you laughed at the business plan? Now you're all up in our business and want us in your plans. Damn, turn up, turn up.